Hello, welcome to Audio Biography, the podcast, where we talk about the music that changed your lives and ours. I'm your host, Richie Wagner, and today I am flying solo. I don't do that very much these days, but I wanted to talk books with you, and it was just a nice topic for me to sit down, take some time, and sort of go over what I've been doing as far as my reading, or I should say listening. I've gotten into audiobooks quite a bit lately, just because of my lifestyle, my job, all those kinds of things, being in the car a lot. It, it gives me a chance to catch up on some, some reading, if you will, and wanted to take some time to do that today. But before I do, just wanted to say thanks for listening. We've had uh, lots of new episodes lately. Uh, a lot of you uh, out there have been listening to us, uh, checking out uh, the Beatles stuff and the stuff we're doing with our friends, and we've got a lot more of that coming. We've got actually some some little tiny bite-sized episodes coming up. I'm not going to say much more than that, but we're going to start releasing some of those. For I know a lot of people don't want to sit and listen to us ramble on for a couple of hours about the Beatles, but I think you'll like, if you don't care for those, I think we have something that you're going to like. Um, Clint and I both are really excited, and we've been doing a lot of planning towards uh, those episodes, and we're going to start recording those very soon. Hopefully, in the next, uh, the coming weeks, you'll see multiple episodes of uh, five to seven minutes. So, like I said, completely just tiny little bite-sized things. If you, um, we all sit, well, I say we all do it. Maybe we don't. I know that I do. Uh, I'll get on Facebook. There won't be much there to look at because it's all so depressing. And I'll fall into a Facebook video hole. And 30 minutes later, I realize that I've wasted 30 minutes of my life. So if, if, if I've got that kind of time, I'm hoping that some of the rest of you do. And you can uh, use that to just uh, check us out uh, while you're making dinner or, or whatever it may be. So be on the lookout for those. Uh, like I said, not any details just yet I want you to be a little bit surprised but it's going to be fun so now let's talk about what I've been and I'm just going to I'm going to use the word reading they are books and I know that I'm not cracking a book open I'm actually listening but uh, what I've been reading lately and I think I've probably touched on some of these in other podcasts but I wanted to just take some time and, and actually talk about some of these books that I'm reading um, and I'm, I'm taking them down like really quickly lots and lots and lots of uh, listening um, like I said it just lends itself to my current lifestyle uh, between work and pandemic and and and, and all that's going on uh, first one I'm gonna uh, uh, mention is I want my MTV uh, this book was I think it was released in 2011 so it's a little old now but since it only covers the first kind of the golden area from 81 to maybe the early 90s it's still very um it's up to date uh, you know there's all the stories that are there can't be changed because they're that old but anyway if you grew up during that time um august 1st 1981 when uh, mtv first hit the airwaves i was uh, a nine-year-old kid and i know we didn't watch you know that initial first day uh on, on August 1st, and I think it was at midnight anyway, even if we'd have had the channel at that point. But my dad did get the channel pretty quickly after. Uh, our cable company was quick quick about it here. There's a lot in the book about that, how they got things out. 
how they uh, got uh, cable companies to sign up and you know it was it was this 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 whole big thing because it was so new it seems so passe now but it was it was a big deal but this book is uh it's it's really cool because not only do you get the background of how MTV even came to be but you get all the behind the scenes stories of you know the 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 VJs and and how how they were hired early on and you know what what was going and what was going on with um you know with with the uh upper management and and, and those folks and you know of course there's a lot of sleaze in there who's sleeping with who and this that and the other but the cool thing about this book the way that it's written um uh, it's it's kind of memoir-ish but uh you know each chapter kind of starts on an idea like uh, the vjs and then you kind of get a you know a little a little background they tell the stories they kind of lay everything out for you and then each chapter ends with lots of usually music artists but sometimes pop culture figures um, giving quotes about whatever that chapter is about uh, and I found that uh, very fascinating because you got to hear uh, not only from the folks that were running MTV and that created MTV but the artists that ended up there uh, just super neat um, just yesterday I saw and I posted this on my Facebook there was uh, the first four hours of MTV it's been out on YouTube and, 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 and other video sites for a long time but somebody actually remastered it so it's kind of cleaned up a little bit uh, it's not so rough it sounds a little bit better so I watched that again yesterday and it was um, it was neat to watch that after having read this book because one of the big things uh, about when MTV first hit the airwaves was that they completely messed up that first day. Um, you know, all the little shots with the VJs and um, the, it was all pre-recorded. They would just stick them in there and I'm sure that continued for, for most of MTV. It, you know, not a lot of live there. Um, kind of, you know, just a canned sort of thing. But they jumbled up the order so a video would end and uh, it's Mark Goodman in this, this four-hour stretch is talking about a video that ended two breaks ago and it's it's a complete train wreck but it's amazing to me and in the book they talk about it and some of them are just kind of flipping out can't believe that that's happened they're just beside themselves others are just i don't care it's on tv we've done it so it was, it was fun to go back and watch that having read the book so i highly recommend this book uh, like I said, and especially if you were growing up during that 10-year kind of period, during that golden age, when there were still videos being played. So, yeah, check that one out. It's, I mean, it's out there everywhere. I'm sure you could probably still find a, a hard copy of it. It's on Amazon. It's on Audible.com, all those places. I'm not really here to be an advertisement, but it's, it's, I'm going to say that about all these books. They're all really worth reading. Um when I finished that book, um, I moved on to a book that came out in late 2018, and I actually got the actual book shortly after. Never really read it. Started a couple of times. Life got in the way, but it's uh, the Beastie Boys book. So I did go and 
grab it on Audible uh, to listen. It's really, really a great story. Uh, if you know the Beastie Boy story, you know that you had three guys. Um, Michael Diamond, uh, who was Mike D, Adam Horowitz, which is uh, Ad-Rock, and you had um, Adam Yauk, MCA, who is no longer with us. And uh, that was a that was a um, a running theme in this book, both as a reader and as the authors were telling the story, his absence in the writing of this book. But he, he it still always felt like he was there. Um, I learned, uh, you know, I thought that I knew a lot about the Beastie Boys, learned a ton. And um, it's just a really neat story. They, uh, if, if, if you know them, you know they did not start as rappers. They were... They were kind of in the, the punk scene, the hardcore scene, and that's where they got their start. Um, and then from there, you know, eventually licensed to ill happen. You know, they of course before that they they meet um, Rick Rubin, who is working with um, starting with Def Jam at that point. He's working with um, Run DMC, and they kind of get hooked up with him, and that's when sort of the rap career starts but it's 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 a it's a nice ride um the narration is fantastic it's mostly narrated by michael diamond and uh, adam horvitz but they also have lots and lots of guests that narrate some of these chapters and it it's anywhere from oh let's see what i can remember elvis costello to chuck d to john stewart will ferrell uh, Rachel Maddow is in there. I don't know if I said Snoop Dogg. Uh, so many people. Uh, Steve Buscemi's in there, I think. Um, but it's kind of neat. Um, John C. Riley. There's another. Um, it's just neat hearing these folks that you're so familiar with, and you've seen their movies or seen them on TV, and and it just it makes the whole book um, just it's a little little more cozy. It's a little more. Everything feels a little more personal, I guess. It, it, it's I, it's really hard for me to explain, but I would highly recommend uh, doing the audiobook version because it's well worth it, if nothing else, because the narration is just fantastic. Um, so yeah, so that's the Beastie Boys book. Check that one out. Still fairly new. It's you know just a couple of years old now. Um, the next one uh, that I read. Uh, after I finished the Beastie Boys book was The Gospel According to Luke. It, it is uh, Steve Lukather's memoir. And um, I say Steve Luthaker, and a lot of you are like, who? Well, he was the lead guitarist, songwriter, uh, sometimes singer of the band Toto. And beyond that, he is a, just a huge character. And what's so great about the audiobook is he narrates it himself. And it's it's so great because he um, he actually makes some changes as far as how he says it in the audiobook as compared to the written book. And there are things there that you don't get in the written book. But um, Lukather has always been very high on my list of... Um, first of all, guitar players, he is amazing, but just as a musician, 
all of the things that him and the guys that uh, from Toto did and who they played with and who they were studio for, it's hard from, I'd say from 1975 through through the late 80s, it's really hard to go very many albums without coming across one where one or sometimes all of them played. And uh, Lukather tells all of those stories and he tells how he met uh, the Picaros who who were part of the beginnings of the band and David Page, great songwriter, keyboard player for the band, um, how they were playing with Steely Dan. And, uh, and then he starts playing with Boz Skaggs and eventually he ends up on some Steely Dan stuff. And, you know, by the late, late seventies, they've decided to, you know, form this band called Toto and had huge success. Um, you know they get crapped on quite a bit because they're it's really because they're so good um they're just they're super solid musicians they're as good as it gets and um their albums are very you know well produced so they're very clean they're very you know la sound and so immediately they're commercial they're corporate and let's just hate them i, I was never that guy i always kind of kind of got it that this this music uh, that I'm hearing is is good. It's well played. You know these guys know their craft, and even beyond that, they were you know writing some some pretty some pretty great songs. I mean everybody knows Africa and Rosanna and you know those hits from uh, Toto Four. But just beyond that, there are you know the uh, the debut album is incredible. Um, you know they have some missteps here and there. Of course, most bands do. But overall, just a, a great band and a great story. And it was so cool uh, listening to Steve Lukather tell that story. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, it, it, it gave me, um, as much as I appreciated Steve and the band, it made me appreciate them more. Uh, I don't know if David Page has written a, a memoir. I'd love to read that too. Or, or, or just anybody else associated with the band because they're... There are so many good stories, and um, th- those those guys make their way in there. Um, as far as uh, S- you know, Steve talking to them, and hey, can we talk about this? Can we do this? And so there was a little bit of input there. And at the end, uh, Page comes in and says a few words, uh, very kind words. The, the, these guys all just really, at the end of the day, all love each other. But the book basically ends. You know, fairly recently, because this is another book that's a couple of years old. You know, um, Steve Luthaker was a huge Beatles fan uh, growing up. When he did, um, he uh, and he actually ended up getting to play and perform and record with um, Paul, George, and Ringo. Um, he didn't get to with John before John died. Um, I don't know that those two would have ever really hit it off anyway. But um, most recently, he plays in um, Ringo Starr's yearly Ringo's All-Star Band. And I think he started back in maybe 2012. And this band is known for changing players quite often. Um, But Lukather has been there since. And him and Ringo have become great friends and just recently recorded a song and video um you know these these pandemic videos we see where people are recording from their own their own places and they 
you know, he, he wrote this just little happy little summer song and Ringo plays on it and shows up in the video. So they become just great friends and bandmates. Um, I knew that he was in Ringo's all-star band, but I didn't know the story of how he got there. Uh, I didn't realize that he's one of the few that's been there for the longest and, um, just a neat story. Um, if you like Toto, if you love music and if you like great guitarists, uh, check out the book, check out some of Steve's musical work, even, even outside of Toto. He has many, many projects and they're all worth listening to for sure. So next up I have, and this is a book that's been out for a while. Uh, I want to say 2012, somewhere around there. It's uh, How Music Works by David Byrne of Talking Heads. I didn't know what to expect going into this book. Some of the reviews that I read weren't great. Um, I, I knew that it wasn't completely a memoir or audio bi- or a, a biography um, or even an autobiography, even though he wrote it. It's um, I would say that it's part music theory textbook, part music business advice part memoir he does use um he does use a lot of things from his career with talking heads and you know his career that um just spanned with uh, solo efforts and uh, broadway productions and and uh, orchestral things and so he throws personal stories in to make the points that he's trying to make but the coolest part of this book and, and again, this was a little bit probably nonfiction textbook kind of thing. Really just talks about why music is uh, scientifically what it is for us. What it, what it does in our brains. Why we like certain things. Why we don't. Um, the, just the mediums that we've listened to it. You know, up until the phonograph, it was all live, never recorded. So you've got most of music history was never recorded um how did it how did it sound then live as opposed to how it then finally transferred to to the phonograph and then later you know your the records we know and then tapes and cds and of course now streaming but that the you know the advent of recording music changed the way we even played music and that you know it's quite possible that the music that we have today sounds really different than you know uh, you know a, a mozart piece from mozart's time um the other the other thing is the places that we play music is it big halls is it outdoors is it small chambers and the fact that as we have moved through time, the spaces that we play music in have gotten bigger and how has amplification changed things? And I know I'm just kind of getting in weeds now, but it's fascinating that um, the changes in, the, in, in music with where we played and then when we started recording, how it just made things even sound differently. I mean, he even gets a little kind of out there spiritual with um you know with some references back to philosophers and and even uh astronomists and uh but it's 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 a i won't say it's a tough read but it's not 
fun the way the Lukather book or the Beastie Boys book is. It's 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 a little more you're 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 actually having to pay attention and learn and absorb, but that's what I loved about it. So yeah, so that's uh, how music works uh, by David Byrne, and again, highly recommend it. <clears throat> so just recently, uh, I guess today is a Tuesday. I don't know when this uh, goes out. Maybe tomorrow on Wednesday, but today's Tuesday, and on Sunday. I finished uh, Not Dead Yet, uh, the memoir by Phil Collins. I've always been a a Phil Collins and Genesis fan, and I've wanted to read this uh, book uh, since it came out. And I think this was in like 2016. This was around the time he sort of started making the rounds again and doing some small shows and and you know, feeling a little bit better after some bad health, and I do know in 2016 they did um, they did re-releases of all of his solo work with new covers. With you know, if you if you've ever seen Phil Collins covers, a lot of them is his face in in some way or another, and they redid all the covers with this kind of the same picture, but with the current picture of him. And I think this book was sort of a companion to that that whole that whole time uh, period of, you know, 2015, 16, 17. So this book was, um, I, I, I didn't really know as much about Phil Collins as I thought that I did. A lot of these folks, I've never really delved into their personal, their personal lives anyway. And this book is super personal. Uh, he is, um, t- as far as I can tell and know, um, you know, somebody else that was there may be, you know, even more honest, but it felt very honest. He's self-deprecating where, where he probably should be. He's, he is hard on himself. He, he talks regrets all through the book. Uh, any, anytime something is going on in his timeline and he has a regret, it's there. Now I did know that he had been married multiple, multiple times and of course, divorced. I guess it's married three, divorced three. Um, had another serious relationship after the last divorce, and then I think, as far as I can tell, currently he's still back with his third ex-wife. But uh, yeah, he's his wo- woman problems are well known, and uh, an unfortunate part of of his personal life. But he talks very candidly about all of that. Uh, he talks very candidly about his um, his problem with alcohol really later in his life. I think he said it took him until he was 55 before he started to really drink and drink hard. And the guy almost drank himself to death a couple of different times, uh, causing some of his health problems. Because um, he, he's had physical problems from drumming and all that. But it was really neat to read like the... Um, it's not a Genesis book, so there's not a ton of Genesis history there. It's it's everything from Phil's point of view, and you know, joining the band, and and you know, the albums that they did together, and then of course when Peter Gabriel left, and you know, I, I always had this idea, and it's mostly because I've never uh, really researched it. I always had this idea, and 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 I'm and I'm sure that I've heard it somewhere because it apparently is a a lot of people think this that you know Phil kind of pushed Peter out of the band, and um, you know there was animosity there. And according to Phil, that's not 
not really the truth. Now, again, he's telling his own story, so I do want to go read a Peter Gabriel book now. Um, I'd like to read Mike Rutherford, the guitarist and, I guess, bassist, and, you know, depending on if they're recording or not. Mike Rutherford, I'd like to read his book um, and, 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 and get a little more information there. It's, it's hard reading an, you know, an autobiography memoir from a guy that had bandmates to know that, you know, is he really being completely honest? But uh, it was just, it was neat all, you know, up until the um, Genesis album, The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, and then Peter leaves, and they're trying to find a singer, and then it ends up, of course, being Phil, and on through until his his first divorce, and he's re- recording some songs that he's bringing to the band, doesn't bring them all, they end up as part of his first album, one of those obviously being one of the most popular and well-known songs in modern pop history uh, in the air tonight. Uh, it, it's just a, it's just a very, um, it's a very good read. It's, it's, uh, you don't want to quit. It's, 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 it's pretty good paste for a memoir. Do, doesn't waste a lot of time hanging around in, into certain time periods for, you know, super long amounts of time. I think the actual book's less than 400 pages. Uh, you know, that's, that's, Nothing. I'm used to reading some books that are seven, eight, nine hundred pages. And if you've ever read um, Tune In, the Beatles book by Mark Lewison, it's massive. Uh, so it's not a super long book, but it it does hit all the eras. Um, you know, one of the <laughs> one of the most fun self-deprecating parts of it is from the early mid '80s until you know almost until 2000, he was everywhere. And it was a big joke. And I remember people talking about, you know, I'm so sick of Phil Collins. It's like, he's so ubiquitous. He's between Genesis and his solo stuff and getting into movies and doing this, that, and the other. And on more than one occasion in the book, he he talks about that and talks about even being sick of himself at times. Um, but it's a good read. If you, if you like um, memoirs, especially if you like them from, you know, folks that, you know, you've listened to and loved their music. This one is definitely, definitely well worth it. So I think that um, that covers everything up until, yes, I've got the MTV book, the Beastie Boys book, the Lukather book, uh, the Burn book, and then Phil Collins. Uh, Currently, I'm reading um, uh, Billy Joel, uh, a Billy Joel book, and I'm sorry, I don't really have it in front of me. Um, I'll uh, get a link into that, but I'm I'm not very far along in it in it yet. But it's another I've been wanting to read. I'm not sure what comes after it because I'd say that I finish it pretty quickly. It's in the same um, length range as this "Not Dead Yet" by Phil Collins. So yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. Um, my uh, my musical biography memoir kind of reading has been. Um, a, just a big part of what what I've had going on for for the last few months, especially during the pandemic. And I'm watching less TV. Um, you know, I, I'm a TV junkie, and a lot of my regular shows are obviously not on right now. They are, you know, on hiatus. They've not been filming. So I've 
been watching less TV and there's, you know, there's been less sports. And so it's given me a chance to finally start catching up with some of these books that I've been wanting to read. And I just wanted to share that with, um, with all of you out there with a, with a quick little episode here. Um, that's really all that I'm going to talk about today. I do hope that, um, everyone out there is doing well. I, I, I feel like sometimes I don't talk to you as often as I would like from this podcast. Um, I do appreciate the folks that listen. Uh, I especially appreciate it when I get feedback and, and it's more of a conversation between us. So, you know, please, by all means, feel free to drop Facebook messages, um, or, you know, or comments on the posts or, or even on the Podbean site where, where it's hosted. We, we love to hear from you. This um, this podcast is really just a labor of love. It's it's, a, it's 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 an amateur podcast. We're not making any money. We're not um, super produced. Uh, it's it's just kind of a um, thrown together sort of thing in, in many ways. Uh, I try to I try to make it as good and clean as possible so that your listening experience is great. But you know I just do this so that. Uh, I can connect with my friends and my family and, and make new ones. And we appreciate you. So until our next episode, um, I'll just, I'll leave you with this. Um, if there are things that you would like to hear us talk about on the podcast, um, please drop me a message and we would be more than happy to, to do that. Uh, you know, let's, let's make this a rapport. Let's, you know, it's not, I I, I don't want this to always be me geeking out over the Beatles. And of course the next episode that you hear after this one, we will be returning to the Beatles with the white album. But yes, if you have uh, things you would like to hear us talk about, even if it turns out to be a short little episode, we'd love to do it. So, yep, until next time, um, I hope you keep listening. I hope you stay safe and peace and love.